Union goals scored by AJ and Luke McClung, the Doopy Brothers. Goals scored in the 75th minute. Hey guys, Doopy Brothers Podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. It's me, AJ, with... That's me, Luke. It's December 16th. This is episode number 45. No one in Union history has worn the episode or the number 45. So we're going to give that to our friend Kevin Casey. Yeah, we got to interview Kevin Casey. It's the second half of this uh, episode. Uh, it was super cool. He was super nice, if you don't nice know guy. Who, if you don't know who that is, that's uh, the Town Energy Stadium... PA announcer, so yeah. a you've, voice, you've heard his voice. You've heard it. Yeah. You've heard his voice. It's the the voice of voices, the best in the business. So, um, stay uh, stay stay tuned for that. That interview was so much fun, and uh, we might have some exclusive footage, footage, for the sound bites, I guess, sound bites, recordings yeah. um, of never before heard calls, and they might never be heard in the stadium, but they were heard on the Doopy Brothers podcast. So yeah, so we got that. There's a little tease for you. Um, Last week, we got to do something that we, we had talked about all year, and then it finally came to fruition, thanks right. to our editor, Matt. So thanks, Matt. We got to do kind of a kind of a live pod, kind of more like a roundtable with mm-hmm. um, other content providers, El, uh, El Parcero, a couple writers from Brotherly Game. Obviously, Matt was there, right. Kevin Kincaid, um, uh, Paul from Views from the Bridge. Um, gosh, who am I missing? I there's like... there's. Like, ten of us. It. Yeah. There's like ten of us there. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So that, that was a Renee fun... at Silver Ray though. Right. Yeah. Was Silver, there. Yeah, Silver Ray was there. Yeah. Um. So it was a great day where we got to do a lot of soccer talk. Um. And we're gonna actually release that probably next week over yeah. the holiday break. Um. We're gonna um kind of make it kind of like our holiday episode since we'll we'll be uh taking a couple weeks off we'll just because holiday schedules get pretty busy. So we'll have that um released uh probably next week early next week. So all of your holiday uh travels you can listen to that. It was pretty it was pretty fun. Uh. It was a really fun day. Yeah. It was it was cool and yeah. it, it's kind of like a a talk that isn't super. Um, time sensitive, so it's like it's fun for any time. So we figured to release it for the holidays. Fun. Yeah, it'll it'll be it'll hold up. It's always fun with the Duke Brothers. We still <laughs> on the Bridge Brotherly Game and soccer in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not time sensitive because the Union aren't doing anything. So yeah, that's the main like, point. <laughs> we just talked a bunch of random soccer stuff, and it was really fun. But uh, finally tonight, December sixteenth, we kind of have some Union soccer talk about players. Oh, there's a rumor. Yeah, there's a rumor. Came out today. About a guy uh, who might be a Harris replacement, we're thinking? Yeah. He's like a defensive midfielder, possibly a box-to-box. Apparently, on his transfer market, he could play He could play right back. So, maybe a, a Ray Gas replacement, but probably not that. So, it's Jose Martinez? Jose oh, Martinez. It's like the Joseph Martinez with who doesn't give an F. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> um, so, Joseph Martinez, who doesn't give an F. Jose Martinez. Joining the union, he likes he he started following the union on Twitter. Uh, no, Instagram. Yeah, like someone's comment about like joining the union. So it's it's pretty much official. Yeah, if that's not signing a contract, I don't know what is. Yeah. Um, because I've done a lot of business based on liking comments and. Of course. Um, so it kind of looks like a box to box guy. Uh, it's it's kind of tough to get a read based on just highlights all the time. When we saw Montero's highlights last year, that was he, you special. could tell you could tell he yeah. was. He was a legit player, and he came into the league, and he he showed his quality. 
this set of highlights was a little different. Um, so it's definitely a lower quality league, so it's hard to take, you have to take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, but it definitely seemed like a ball winner in the middle of the field. Uh, there was a little bit of play going up the right side, which would be, I don't know, there could be some serious value there if, if Ernst is kind of thinking instead of using him as a central midfielder that maybe throwing him out on the right side and maybe getting more value coming down the right with uh, Wagner on the left. I don't know, thoughts? Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's it's hard. It's really you're just kind of judging off some some YouTube clips and some some tweets in in Spanish. So I, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, it, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the the big thing to remember, and I and it's cool talking to everyone um, around the team right now with all the far interviews and the the roundtable we did last week is there's a different feeling about the team right now. Everyone's kind of positive and hopeful because we have a a leader who has a direction that he knows he wants to go in and and it's not just kind of blindly finding free Th- there's transfers. a belief in what he's going to do right yeah. So, yeah we've lost some key pieces but no one's worried yet i, I think people are like getting antsy just because there's not a signing yet but it's also it's early but we just know like okay it, it'll come and then once once some pieces are in place so he'll, he'll reveal all of his his moves and, and then we'll be like okay this this is probably the right call let's let's see what it see what it looks like yeah, um, there's some interviews out with uh, Sugarman recently, but one of the things that I was reading that they're kind of talking about is that you can't really dictate the transfer market. The transfer market kind of dictates its own timelines and stuff, and like we can't force an issue. So sometimes it kind of stinks that we just kind of have to wait and wait, and then stuff will slowly kind of transpire, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I guess well, in Europe it's the January transfer window. Yeah, it's like first – like. First week of January, that opens up, right? Yeah, so if that's the area that we're scouting, we might have to wait until January anyway. Right. Um, this guy's playing in, what, Venezuela? Venezuela. I can't say Venezuela. Venezuela. Yeah. Venezuela. For being a professional speaker, I'm, that's a tough one. I don't think that's what you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I don't, yeah, I, I, I think it's cool that the guy kind of has two places where he could fill because it doesn't exactly tell us what Ernst's vision is, whether it could be I, – I could see maybe it could be like a, he's looking to put him at a right back and be like a stud right back, a guy yeah, who can I, win the ball as I, well as attack, kind of like a Wagner. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, um, but he also is someone who could fill in and be ahead of Craval in the six. Yeah, that's kind of my – Hope, just because that's my biggest concern. I think the the feeling number six role. So I'm I'm hoping. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe I hope that they spend more money on that position. But I just hope that position is filled and, and it's very solid. Um, there's a solid replacement for for Harris because that's that's gonna be a huge hole. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, this guy's yeah, he's pretty, kind of like a pretty cheap option or pretty cheap uh, player. So it wouldn't be like a break in the bank type signing. But it's interesting. Would you would you prefer? Let's see. Let's see. All right. How am I going to ask this? Talking to the mic. Talking to the mic. So would you prefer the top player from a low league or a mediocre player from a second division European league? So, like, what about a mediocre player in the championship or the top player in the Costa Rican league or something? Um, I don't, I don't know if I have a preference in that like be in that because it's like they're both professional leagues i mean as long as this guy's a good talent like doesn't really matter to me to me i don't i don't know if i have much of a preference well i don't do, do you have an opinion on that 
Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I just, I just a was like, AJ. No, it is. And I guess I'm just trying to think of um, the two comparisons. I'm guessing the the mid-range player. I mean, I, there's a lot that goes into it, of course, uh, as anything with prices. Um, I almost feel like you can get a better, better deal from a lesser league for yeah. a top player. And they whereas, can, like, they can uh, only increase their value by a, a lot. Right. If it's a mid-tier player over in Europe in like a second division, you don't know if it's... I mean, it kind of depends on their age yeah. and what their outlook looks like. If, if it's like a Wagner where he's a young guy with a high ceiling or if it's a guy who's kind of closer to his ceiling and might not want to stay too long. Yeah. I, that might be, might be an easier player to sell, though, because they maybe have a, more connections in, in the more well-known leagues just mm -hmm. because they kind of were in that area. But right. so, so I don't know. It might be more of a sure thing coming from Europe. Whereas right. I feel like we, we, I feel like in the past I've gotten a lot of guys from, um, South America and, and we were told certain things about them and then they just kind of were not what we were told. Like yeah. portfolio Lopez, we were told was fast as crap. Like, I feel like we were always told, I mean, it was our dad telling us that, but <laughs> he, he didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> and he was always like, "Oh, this guy's so fast." The union are saying he's he's gonna be he's gonna be awesome, and then he never was. Like Leo Pahoy, he was supposed to be he's a good fine. striker, and now, yeah. like he's someone that us and uh, DC just can't talk about because he really was nothing. Right. So I, don't, I feel like there's a lot of risk coming from the lesser leagues, and so that you, is kind of tougher to manage, and uh, it might be a riskier bet. But then yeah. again, it might be a cheaper bet. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I don't feel like that's like a good way to go just because of our kind of budget. Mm -hmm. So getting a guy on the cheap and maybe he can increase value then sell him on is is pretty ideal or have him just stay and just kind of be a you know, imp constantly improving player isn't bad. Yeah, and the other side I guess would be Fabian where we we paid a high price for I would say he was a mid-tier by the time we got him right. and it didn't exactly work out. We the contract was well done and that yeah. it's just a one-year thing we yeah. got we got some value out of him we squeezed out right what, seven but goals or something he but didn't like increase in value like right. even if he had a great year he wouldn't have increased in value just because he's already a well-known mm -hmm. guy and has been playing at you know top levels that and i don't know like he could have only decreased in value which is what, what happened but like you know that but we were thinking best case we would have had a stud player sure right yeah whereas i don't think this rumor of Jose, I don't give a F, Martinez is a guy who you're going to look at and be like, yo, this guy could be a game changer at this point. Right. Whereas yeah. we thought Fabian was a potential game changer. True. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, that's all. That's kind of all the player news that, we have to talk that's about. That's the player news uh, <laughs> as of right now. Kind of um, milked that conversation, too. That's, you know. Yeah, we milked it. Yeah, we did well. <laughs> we did well. Um, what, what, what are you currently listening to on Spotify right now? <laughs> All right, no, there's some other union news, even though it's not. Um, what was automatically downloaded onto your iTunes recently? <laughs> this is your <laughs> okay. joke. Luke Luke made a brilliant joke. Uh, uh, it's a YouTube joke. Yeah. Because the Steel are now U2. U2. Um, yeah, so Bethlehem Steel are no longer. No, no, say your joke. I don't, it's, everyone saw the tweet. No, not everyone okay. saw the All tweet. Right. So I'm just excited that now 
I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> no, so it's so good. I'm laughing already. All right, you read it. I don't have it up. Uh, no, I don't have it. It's uh, he's so excited that. Oh gosh, we're losing all of our listeners right now. <laughs> so excited now that the roster is going to be uploaded to my iTunes once the season begins or something. Yeah, it was based like on the YouTube. The second half of this episode is going to be much better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for fast forward, go ahead. We know you're going to. Um, um, yeah, let's talk about Union too because it's it was a hot topic for amongst Union Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of takes, but I feel like it's. In my opinion, it's a very logical move. Um, keeping the 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 second team in Chester, is, I'm sure that's that makes financial sense. It also makes sense to kind of keep the the two teams a little closer in terms of like moving up and like moving up to the first team and, and making it seem like it's a closer or uh, an easier step from the second team to the first team. Playing in the same stadium helps to get, to get the players acclimated to the stadium. Um, wearing that, like wearing that, the, the same jersey, the same mm-hmm. badge. I feel like that that may, means a lot to players. Um, I feel like being a Bethlehem Steel player. I mean, there's a lot of cool history to that, but to the players wearing that badge, like I don't know what that really means to them. But going traveling all the way up to Bethlehem to play these games um, was probably not ideal to a lot of like the players, like logistically, because right. they still train in Chester. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, it just makes more sense. They obviously they tried to keep the team in Bethlehem. They did their due diligence to try to find another stadium option and it didn't work out. Um, I trust that Tim McDermott like did all that he could to make that happen. But if they didn't, like this is the way you're supposed to do. It. You know, not call that Bethlehem and go to Union too. It's fine. Yep. <laughs> what do you got? I was looking up U two hits. <laughs> you're so stupid. <laughs> I just don't know music, oh, so I was trying man. to figure out. Yeah. I mean, I know. I, I like kind of knew. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I assume you said all the right stuff right yeah. there. Um, I do like the idea of the team. I, I will miss the steel logo and the steel jerseys yeah, and cool. steel stuff. Now yeah. I guess it's vintage. Um, we both had some some steel gear that I really, I really liked, and the logo yeah. was really well done. Um, I think... The U2 logo? Like, what do you think about the U2 logo? Should it be the exact same? Should they do a little variation, but maybe still, like, a circle? I know Mike Thomas did something with, like, a ship um, yeah. that looked pretty cool. I feel like it, it's fine that it's, like, this. It's this, I think they should, like, there's a logic to keeping it almost exactly the same as the first team mm-hmm. logo because they want to keep it, like, like I was saying, like, make Go it. Go from one to the next. Yeah, it's like not, a, like, yeah. a huge different team you're going between. It's all in the same organization. It's, mm-hmm. It should be pretty cohesive. I mean, it could be more variation, whatever. Like the, within like the actual design of the logo itself, um, rather than just slapping the the Roman numeral for two, right? But it's right. like, it, it's the Philadelphia badge. It's a nice looking badge. Like you don't need to mm-hmm. you know tweak it or do anything else. It's, I think it's it, there's there's logic behind it, um, more than just the design of the badge. Right. Um, should they call it Latunian? Latunian. <laughs> Latunian is sounds ca- kind of catchy. The Tunians. Yeah. Cartoonsians. That's nothing. Tune. Latunia. Go back to watching your YouTube hits. All right, cool. Um, Bono, <laughs> right? Uh, Am yeah. I right? Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> um, if there, were, so just kind of think about this. If there's a women's team in Philly, uh, what what do you think about that being under the union umbrella? So they kind of like kind of pull it all together. You got a union top men's team right now, union two, yeah, and then what about union? I feel, like it, I feel like they should have it. If that were to happen, I feel like that would be need. Should, they should have their own name. Okay. Just because, like, I don't know, look at, like, Timber's Thorns. Um, yeah, okay. That's cool. um, mm-hmm. What's the other ones? Orlando. Um, they have different names. Chicago or Red, Red Stars. Stars. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. So it's like, 
that I, one I feel be like a different. Yeah, because it's okay. also like they're different teams. They should be a little bit separate, even if they're under the same ownership or whatever. Right. Um. But I mean, that'd be cool if that if that were to were to happen. But right. Union W or something. Yeah, that, that, that'd be kind of weird. Yeah, it, yeah. it should just be its own um, brand. Is W a Roman numeral for like? Hundred thousand. Uh, you're the math teacher. I don't know. You're the numbers. A hundred thousand soccer teams. <laughs> That's what they think. Um, yeah, that was just an idea. Yeah. Um, U.S. Open's going to be a little different this year, and and I feel like, uh, so the Union Two won't be able to participate, right? No, no, because Steel never could. Steel never could. Yeah. So Union Two still won't be able yeah. to. Second teams can't do that. So just uh, so there's no change there. Um. But the it's gonna yeah, start. Yeah, what the changes are. Yeah, it's gonna start earlier. It's gonna start in I think March. Um, and then uh, it, the other big change is that the teams um, that qualified in like this like the lower level MLS qualifying teams, there's like the top eight that qualify into like the uh, shoot the, the the round the fourth round is what we we're normally in. Okay. And then the, there's the rest that qual that go into the the round before. So there's the more more MLS matchups against uh, like lower league uh, teams. And so we are entering like we're in the the normal like the top tier because we did well last year. Yeah, because yeah, we have the U.S. Open history. I think or or is it because we performed well in the league? That's probably. I think that's, that's why. Probably it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So so that's cool that there's kind of like a little bit of connection to performing well in the league, and now you're getting a little later start in the U.S. Open Cup, so that might help your depth. Then there's also that uh, little competition. Um, it's out. it's cool to have MLS teams play against lower league teams. I feel like that's like right. the main like. Uh, points of this change, like having the a lot more matchups of like lower league teams, but and so there's maybe possibly more like upsets. But I also kind of feel like this means it's going to be tougher for these lower league teams to get into that next round. True, true. So true. I feel like I, I don't know. Maybe it's like I don't know how those those teams, those organizations feel about this, but like I guess it's cool that they get to play a bigger team earlier, mm-hmm. but they probably have less chance of getting further. So I don't know. I I think it's generally positive, but there are I don't know. It's whatever. So, uh, it seems like the uh, the league's kind of putting a little more emphasis on league performance in general. So now that'll impact your U.S. Open Cup, where you kind of begin in there. Um, then also gets you into different competitions, Champions League, as well as that other the League's Cup. League's Cup. And so, do you see this as kind of? And I I, I don't think so, but it's kind of like a European model where like league performance impacts where you go in other tournaments but they don't have playoffs and stuff could you see us kind of going away from playoffs i mean i don't see us going away from playoffs because we still, it, yeah. we've got so many teams coming in and you can't go single table with like 38 teams yeah i feel like we shouldn't take away playoffs because they're pretty successful um, it's, yeah it's, it's a very american yeah it's style. american thing and especially this past year it's been like that was a huge hit so i don't know there's i feel like there's no reason to take that away and mls cup is still more of a more a bigger trophy than supporter Supporters shield, shield right. especially now with like even with like the with the conferences uh, like being um uneven and not being right. able to play every team like that there's no way you can't have an MLS cup with a uh, with that in, in, in place yeah it's just cool that the the regular season play now is kind of impacting more things other than just the supporter shield and yeah. i guess that just goes with the growth of the league that mm-hmm. it's more involved with different things and um kind of reaching into different pots and being a part of different uh, competitions. Um, Anything else we want to discuss? I, I don't know. Do, uh, 
We got some new stickers. Okay, Luke 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 um did a batch of stickers yeah. with our updated logo. Yeah, so we did um, a picture of them. But uh yeah, they're, yeah, they're pretty cool. They, they got the are, new new kind of branding and they're a little bigger. But uh we, if anyone wants them, we can uh send them out again. And I'll say if you got a sticker before and, and I still have your address, I'll probably just try to send out a batch to anyone who's gotten a sticker before. Nice. So if you were on that first batch of the original Doopy Brothers stickers, guess what? You're getting a freebie of the new one, but you're just getting one because they're bigger and yeah. uh, you know, stamps ain't free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're pretty cool. We're, we're pretty excited about them. Um, hopefully, maybe in the future, we'll have a little bit more merchandise. Yeah, coming. we want. Oh, man. Yeah, some yeah, projects coming. Yeah, yeah, we got some stuff. We got some stuff in the works. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be it for us. Uh, next up, we've got an interview with Kevin Casey. Um, next week, we're going to release the footage. No, just kidding. The recording of yeah. the. Pod roundtable with views from the bridge, always soccer, brotherly game writers. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. So that that's gonna be next week. After that, we, or it's kind of be a kind of a break from us. Um, not not for long though, because yeah. And and if the union do sign anyone, uh, we'll do an emergency pod together. We'll we'll figure out a way. Yeah. We are brothers, so we do spend a little bit of holiday time together. True. And uh, then we also have some more interviews coming up. Um, I think we're gonna get talked to with Ryan on Morgan. Yeah. We're gonna get her back on because. Uh, it, the first time didn't work. The so. first time didn't work, and you but gotta hear what she has to say. She has so so many cool stories and yeah. such cool experiences. She, she, and she's back in America, so that's gonna work. Back out. in America, watch yeah. out, USA. <laughs> um, but yeah, up next, you gotta stay tuned. Listen to Kevin Casey. Uh, he does. Uh, it's just a great interview. I can't even speak to it. me and Luke were freaking out, and he did some cool stuff for us afterwards. So uh, yeah, he's a super nice dude. We really appreciate it. And it was a cool interview. Yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, oh, is this going to be the last time we talk to you guys before 2019 ends? Yeah, I guess I guess so. Okay, so let's talk for a second before oh we before we sign <laughs> oh off. <boy>. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be off the cuff here. Oh so, boy. man, a year ago, me and Luke talked about starting a podcast. Oh, jeez, here we go. Oh, the, it's going to get emotional. emotional. <laughs> I'm already crying. Um, and, and so... We didn't know it was going to take us this far. Like, I mean, not that we've come far. We're in my basement now. I mean, to us, this is this is just something. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're speaking in the microphones. Um, and we're talking to people. So we we got to say we thank you to uh, everyone who's listened, and it's been really fun getting to know people, talk to people, um, have people reach out to us and respond to the, um, I guess the content that we're putting out. Uh, Luke, what's been your favorite part of doing the podcast this year? Oh man, I. I think it's just that, like, I, I think it actually might be the, the, the live pod thing we did. Mm -hmm. Just because, I don't know, it kind of made it feel a little more real. Mm -hmm. Just because we are just in our, in our in your basement and down in Virginia. Right. Uh, does It also feel like, I don't know, who's actually listening to this kind of thing. Like, we see the numbers, but, like. Yeah. Like, that's just numbers. And then, like, a... you know, like, Twitter's like, hey, well, there's people on Twitter. Anyone could have, have Twitter followers. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just makes it feel, uh. I don't know, a little more real that like we, when we see other people that we like looked up to, we look up to and uh, are excited to, to reach, you know, actually talk to and be in, in person. So I think that that was one of my, my favorite moments about you. Uh, one of my favorite moments was, so we've gotten to meet a bunch of cool people. Um, and it's, it's, it's been one of those things where like me and Luke aren't the most like great at being social and stuff. Correct. And so we're always kind of nervous, like meeting people and stuff. Uh, and so the first person we met was John Christoffi and 
one of the coolest union fans, like one of the coolest guys. And thank goodness he was really cool because then it made us want to keep meeting people. And so right. we've met a bunch of people and I've watched games with people. Um, and yeah, like you said, doing the, the round table last week with, uh, uh, Paul, Johnny, um, the, yeah, everyone. Phil, Matt, yeah. everyone. It was just like, it's like been really cool kind of getting to know people. Um, talking to Jeffrey Mitchell, talking to Kevin Case, Morgan. It's been like, yeah, it has been cool, but yeah, like like we just sit here in our basement talking union, people are really enjoying it, yeah. and we get a lot of really good positive feedback, and so it's been fun. Um, it only makes us, me and Luke just, I've really enjoyed it, and we really just want to keep doing more. Um, we text every day about like, oh, let's, let's try this, let's do this, and uh yeah, that's it's, why you, you've seen a lot of failed bits because we keep trying different things that uh, don't work. But right. Yeah. But it's fun to just try and do new things and try new ideas. And I don't know. It's just like it's been like a slow growth that like we just are learning as we go with all this. Like this time last year, we literally had we're just talking into my laptop and yeah. and we're still figuring out the tech tech stuff, which uh, and we was just, relevant. And we were just excited weeks. if anyone would like any of our tweets. Right, it was yeah. really funny. We'd be like, put out a tweet, we'd be like, oh, snap, yo, someone liked it. That's cool. All right. We're on the map. Yeah. We're trending. Yeah, now we're, I don't know, we're like interviewing people and like, if that feels pretty cool. That's something we didn't expect to ever be doing. And, uh, we're and just... th- yeah, none of that could be possible if people like you weren't listening. So we really appreciate it and hopefully you keep enjoying what we're bringing you. Um, as we keep doing it, we're getting more, uh, experience more confident we're going to keep reaching out to people and exploring different content as well as uh put together some different projects for you guys uh and thanks to matt for for uh shout out to matt ralph yeah i was gonna say believing in us i guess i kind of took a chance on us i guess yeah low risk low risk chance i guess but i mean it's he did it yeah so thanks matt um but yeah so it's been a great 2019 looking forward to uh 2020 hope you guys enjoy um your holidays and all and uh yeah i guess enjoy the kevin case the interview and then enjoy next week's um round table with all the guys it's been it's been awesome so yeah. this is this is it from the doopy brothers for 2019 yeah hi this is kevin casey public address announcer for your philadelphia union and you've been listening to doopy brothers podcast brought to you by the brotherly game hey guys it's the doopy brothers podcast here presented by the brotherly game it's me, AJ, here with Luke, and we have a special guest tonight, everyone's favorite voice from Talon Energy Stadium. We're here with Kevin Casey. Kevin, thanks for coming on with us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. Um, so, so let's start at the beginning. What got you into public announcing, and then what do you do when you're not doing that at Talon? Yeah, so I started doing the, uh, the public address announcing thing back in uh, 1996. I was a sophomore at Eastern College. Uh, in St. David's, Pennsylvania, and uh, was just sitting in the bleachers for a college basketball game there and decided that, you know what, I think I want to give that a shot. And uh, went down, uh, actually got a a bunch of my buddies' uh, ESPN Jock Jam CDs. They were big (laughs) then. And uh, we did some music, did the uh, intros. It seemed well-received. And then from there, I started doing uh, most of the sports at Eastern. And then... um, my first professional job was with the Philadelphia Kicks, uh, which was an indoor soccer team that played at the old Spectrum. Right. Um, and then really from there, you know, it just kind of one door opened another door. And, um, you know, I've had some great experiences. Um, Fifteen years I was with the Camden River Sharks minor league baseball, which was a great experience. I've been with 
you know, the Philadelphia Phantoms, the Philadelphia Wings, um, you know, the Atlantic City Surf. So I've, I've, I've been uh, just about uh, in touch with everything. And then um, in 2010, I was able to um, secure the union PA job, and that just kind of opened up other doors as well as far as being able to get involved with um, U.S. soccer and some of the international uh, teams that are coming through. So uh, I do a lot of college basketball as well. Right now I'm with the LaSalle University and Drexel University, and I do uh, 10 soccer games as well. So uh, I think all told I'm about a, a 100 games a year I'm working, and that's, uh, that's actually – so I'm a full-time history teacher. So I teach U.S. history at Pittman High School in, uh, in South Jersey here. So that's my full-time gig, and the announcing thing uh, keeps me out of trouble on the side. <laughs> it seems like you pretty busy. Um, yeah, so you, definitely. You, you definitely brought up one of my favorite soccer experiences ever, going to Kicks games. That was pretty much my yearly birthday experience going down to the Spectrum. That was that was all we I had. I love it, man. That was so awesome. Yeah. So I, I had no idea you were doing that. So uh, thanks yeah, for making Kicks games fun. Yeah, we had so much Kicks fun down there. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that, was, that was awesome. I started off down there. I started off just kind of uh, helping out the PA announcer who was there, and, and uh, finally uh, – my uh, my time came, and he was actually the one that had the catchphrase whenever the, the kicks would score. Do you remember what the catchphrase was? No. Hey, kicks fans, uh, who wants another was what we would say. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, we had, some, we had some pretty crazy experiences. I, I heard uh, the greatest line from an athlete I've ever heard. So, we, you know, they would have penalties, and guys would come into the penalty box. And one time we had this guy named Mali Walton. And he came into the penalty, and he was just jawing with this guy and talking trash with this guy on the other side of the box there. And his penalty was up, and uh, the penalty box official opens the door, and Malai looks at the penalty box official and says, keep the door open, I'll be right back. And and he proceeded to just go out and level this guy. And sure enough, he came right back, and the penalty box official said, yeah, you earned that one. (laughs) That's That's phenomenal. Um, so you said you're teaching history. Uh, do you bring any of your announcing into the classroom? I mean, I imagine you have to be one of the most exciting history teachers in New Jersey there. You know, it's, it's sometimes it's tough sell, you know, history, uh, you know, I try and do the best I can with making it relatable to the kids. And I think the fact that I do, um, have this side job as a PA announcer with, um, some of the professional and collegiate sports in the area that it's sort of my, uh, my connection with the kids. And, um, you know, I think that they kind of uh, think it's pretty cool. So I love having – when the kids, uh, my students come out to a game, you know, I'll, I'll make sure to always uh, try and bring them up into the booth and give them a little tour of the, uh, of the control room and, and uh, you know, give you a little behind-the-scenes tour. So I think just making that extra effort kind of helps, um, you know, helps build the relationship. And then from there, once you've built the relationships, you can, uh, you can work on teaching them the uh, content you need to get in. Yeah, that's awesome. If kids like you, they always learn better. Yeah. So I, you know what I like... found that you know history history is all about uh, who they're you know when 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 you find people who don't like history, they often will say that they didn't have very good history teachers. So sometimes it's just you know you're telling a story, so you're just trying to make it as exciting as possible. And every now and then you throw your announcer voice in there and uh, keeps it fresh. Yeah, that's pretty good. So you, it seems like you have a. a... Pretty pretty big experience uh, calling a lot, lot of sports. Is there any like connection to soccer? Or do you prefer a certain sport uh, to call? No, I love soccer. So I grew up, um, you know, I was um, I was a three sport guy growing up: uh, soccer, basketball, and baseball. And then um, I played um, I played two years of college soccer at Eastern, 
um, which is uh, a small Division three school, and I quickly realized that my feet weren't even fast enough to play on the small Division three level, so that's when I uh, decided to hang them up and, uh, and pick up a microphone. But uh, I've always stayed in – I absolutely love the sport. Um, I'm a big um, – I'm a big Everton fan of the Premier League. You know, that's my uh, that's my English squad. Tough and, year, um, tough year. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I could have picked any – like an American, right, you arbitrarily pick your Premier League team, right, because we really have no connection to to, to uh, a team in England. And, of course, I picked the most Philly, Philly of English teams, right? Where, <laughs> you sure did. That's pretty – Yeah, true. so – but it's awesome. I got a nine-year-old son now who um, absolutely loves the game. Um you know, uh, he he loves playing FIFA, and uh, it's amazing how much that teaches him who the teams are and the players are. So, uh, you know, uh, he, he's embraced the game to the point where when he's scoring his goals in his little uh, nine-year-old club team, he's um, embraced uh, different players' celebrations. And so sometimes we got to tell him to tone it down a little bit because <laughs> not everybody understands. <laughs> but it, it's good. Speaking of your son, I feel like I saw a video of you brought your son up into the box and let him do a little work for you. Yeah, you know, what a special thing uh, for, for me to have that opportunity. Um, the union have just been awesome. Carl Mandel, who's our um, producer, um, has just been great about allowing Micah to sort of come in and see that. You know, I, I call him the uh, – he's, he's become the unofficial mayor of the press box <laughs> because uh, – you know, he, he kind of knows his way around there now, and I think that he's figured out that the uh, he's got, you know, carte blanche in the dining uh, dining room there. So, you know, we'll be in the middle of a game, and I'll look to my right, and he's not there anymore. And then uh, he'll be back five minutes later with four brownies on his plate. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, he had the opportunity. We had kids day, um, and he had a chance to uh, get on the mic and uh, welcome the union out onto the field before the game and at halftime. So, uh, that was a special moment, that, you know. And then, of course, uh, having him by my side there on the uh, on the playoff win, you know, and and uh, that was a special moment as well. So, you know, it's just been a great opportunity for uh, me to provide that opportunity for him to experience all of that. Oh yeah, that's a that's phenomenal. So you mentioned the playoff win. I mean, I, I imagine that's got to be one of the favorite moments from this year, but. Do you have any other favorite moments from the past year that you got to be a part of with the union? Yeah, you know, uh, one one thing that will always stick out to me is that uh, that that one uh, I think it was the Red Bulls match, right, where we were just uh, sort of on our heels and we were down, and then Il Signo came in, a man I've never seen a match flip on its head the way it did when he came in, and uh, you know, I I, I 100 percent feed off of the environment in the stadium, right? So, you know, some of those goal calls are just, um, you know, me as a fan and the adrenaline that's, that's flowing in me, and that's, you know, that, that opportunity to come out, you know, so that Alejandro Padilla call was just uh, was just pure adrenaline, so, you know, I've always wanted to do the game from the Sons of Ben section, but uh, that would have been a, that would be a cool, cool experience, but I haven't figured uh, that yeah. one out yet. Yeah, that would, that would be awesome. And, and so, like, when you're in the press box and stuff, so you're you're obviously a Philly guy through and through. And is it tough to keep? Do you do you have to stay kind of professional, or are you kind of in a spot where you can really just let loose when you do your job? So my philosophy with this always has been that I want to facilitate the show. I don't want to be the show. And I think sometimes you'll see PA announcers who go uh, too far over the line and uh, and try and be the show, right? So you pick and choose your moment. So you know. 
uh, when when it's a big time goal in a big situation, you sort of unleash it. You know, I'll, I'll definitely be um, less demonstrative with my away goal calls, but I still mm-hmm. try and be professional in in the way I say the names. You know, and right, at the right. end of the day, I, I want to be professional, but uh, you know, definitely um, there's that um, there's that home field advantage that because you know I think um, it just helps bring atmosphere into the stadium. You know, when when you're showing that excitement, so I think it's definitely uh, a bit of a homer in me but you know i also do try and keep in mind that uh, i want to be professional uh you know on the whole the whole way through yeah that's awesome um do you so do you have like a favorite favorite name you like to say so um you know what one of my favorite names ever was was um was one of the originals right danny mwanga was one of my favorites oh nice yeah, yeah, you know, there's something about there's something about that. Here, here's I'm gonna give you a little secret. So if your name has uh, has a lot of syllables, that's a good thing. If your name ends in a vowel, that's a great thing. If your name has one syllable, like Fred, not that's not a good thing. <laughs> there's not a whole there's not a whole lot I can do with Fred to make it exciting. So Mwanga was a, was a favorite. Um, you know, there's a lot of greats that I, that are on the team right now. But Doya is one of my favorites to announce right now. Um, I, I, I love, and of course he's gone now, right? But Fafa was another one of my favorites to do mm-hmm. as well, you know. And then just you know, Sebastian Latou will always be a will always be a classic as well. Definitely, so. definitely. Do you have any that you really didn't want to run into when you saw their name on the on the other team's roster? Were you hoping to not have to say their names? Uh, I've got plenty of uh, plenty of experiences from just a, a, a pronunciation a pronunciation standpoint. What you know, but one time we had the uh, U.S. Women's National Team at Talent Energy, mm-hmm. and they were hosting the uh, the, the uh, National Republic of China. Oh and, boy! Uh, I had no help on on the Chinese names. There was no representative from uh, China there. There was no media notes with anything, so I was just kind of flying blind uh, with all of those names and not having any idea how to pronounce the names. And then a similar situation. It was um, Nigeria, Greece, and uh, you know the Greek names. You know they they were uh, they were tricky as well with with no help and uh, one of our um, members of the broadcast team uh, his grandfather was Greek and so we wound up sitting in a in a quiet room and, and called him up on the phone and he was our help for our pronunciations that night so <laughs> yeah sometimes nice. uh, sometimes it's more difficult uh, than others right but uh, I've always found too that if you just make your mistakes with confidence. I know there's only there's only 30 percent of the people who are ever listening to you one time, but as soon as you say correction, <laughs> now 100 percent of the people know you messed up. So there's a life lesson: when you make your mistakes, make them with confidence. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes with teaching, I always say fake it till you make it, and uh, the kids don't know the yep. difference. <laughs> um, are you a teacher as well? I am. Yeah, I do uh, middle school math. So yeah, that's nice. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same exact thing. How do you make middle school math exciting? Well. You don't, yeah. and uh, you don't. You don't let them know they're learning math. You just make it fun. Yeah, I was ten years middle school before I went to the high school. That's about all anybody should work with that age group before they move on. Amen. You want to keep your sanity. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so, so what are the other? Um, I know you mentioned those, some of those international games. What other? Some other big events you got to call throughout your career? Yeah. So, um, you know, I've had I've had the opportunity to. Um, um, to, to pretty much call all of the big uh, European clubs that have made their way through uh, Philadelphia. So, you know, uh, Ronaldo and, and Real Madrid and, um, 
you know, Manchester United when uh, Rooney was there. Um, I had a really uh, neat experience uh, calling um, Barcelona Juventus up at MetLife Stadium a couple years ago. Oh, and, nice. you know, getting the chance to announce Neymar, Iniesta, and Messi one after the other was, uh, was a cool moment. Um, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, so I had a chance also to call. I did um, uh, a U.S. men's national team game against Brazil up at MetLife, and it was actually Neymar's first cap. So, oh, wow. Um, a little bit of history yeah. there. Right, yeah, and, and you could just tell, you know, some of these guys, it's just when the ball is on their foot, there's a, um, there, there's a noticeable increase in the energy. Messi was like that. When, he, when the ball was on his foot, you could just feel an entire stadium waiting for something magical to happen. And, um, and Neymar has that in him, too. And there, there's not a whole lot of, of guys in the world that have that um, special quality. So, you know, being, a, being able to um, call some of these guys' names is, is a pretty cool experience. I was, I was supposed to announce uh, and introduce Pele at halftime, which I was oh. uh, over, the, over the moon about, but uh, he can't, it canceled out at the last minute, so I didn't get oh, a chance man. to do that. So, Yeah, oh, so um, – yeah. You know, and you never take it for granted. Every every opportunity, I've been lucky enough to, um, you know, sort of be able to uh, call some of the U.S. matches, you know, here in Philly and up in New York and Connecticut. And whenever I get the call, it's like a kid in a candy shop excited, you know. It's oh, like man. you just never take it for granted. So I'm picking up the answer to my next question based on what you're saying, but do you ever get to, and do you even want to go to games as just a fan and not working it, or is it always your preference to be up in the booth calling it? No, you know what? Sometimes it's fun to just uh, take it in. And, uh, you know, uh, because uh, a lot of the times, uh, you know, I'm working so many games, uh, you know, you are uh, less inclined to want to, uh, you know, go out to an event that you're not working just because it's like, you know, I've been making a trip to the stadium so often. Um, so, like, to get to go to a Sixers game and, and take that in with my son and, um you know, just have that experience. It is it is something special about just being able to sit and watch a game. Now, I say that, but um, you know, I I don't want a soccer event to come into this town and not be a part of it. You know, we're, <laughs> we're very territorial. Remember that scene in Ron in uh, in Anchorman when uh, all of the anchors have the uh, have the street brawl. That's, yep, that, and that's you. That's, that's, that you and the guys. That's PA announcers, man. Let let a New York <laughs> announcer try to come down to Philadelphia and call a match and see what happens. <laughs> Um, so. so you do all these games and stuff. Do you ever, I mean, I guess, do you ever get sick? Do you ever lose your voice? And then how do you, do you have to prep your voice before a game? I had one, so, so one experience that I'll never forget was um, we had the College Cup at uh, Talent Energy. So the, uh, you know, Division One College National Championship match. And uh, I had, I had no voice whatsoever. You know, I, I, I was out and I had to call Carl. I'm like, Carl, I, I have no voice right now. Like, you know, um, and, and I just wound up uh, searching for any, like, old wives uh, remedy for – so I, I remember teaching in school that day, and I had a bag of – I think it was apple vinegar and honey and lemon and all this stuff and just spent the day, you know, trying to get prepped. And uh, it was a bit of a grind, but that was probably the closest I've ever come to having to say, I, I don't think I can work this because I can't talk. And, you know, I was able to sort of – gutted out you know there's been times where i've i've been working lasalle games and you can tell i have a cold and you know uh you can tell that the voice just doesn't sound right but you just try and uh modify your what you do to match the voice but you know for the most part uh i've been lucky enough to not have too many problems other than that one no it's great so no no sick days no subs needed no sub plans need to be written that's good 
There's been yeah, right. No, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I always say, you know, <laughs> when, remember what happened when uh, when Wally Pip took a took a day off, right? Lou Gehrig took his spot and never came back. So <laughs> got to watch out when you when you miss games, right? That's right. <laughs> um, the big question everyone wants to know about is what's it like to work so close with Fang? I think Union just tweeted out a picture tonight of you and Fang by the fireplace, looking snug. Um, so what's it like being able to work with uh, such a high-profile celebrity? Yeah, you know, it's a humbling experience being against such a celebrity, but uh, we were able to have some fun and uh, record something a couple of weeks ago that's going to be coming out in a day or two. And, uh, you know, I think uh, if hopefully hopefully it'll it'll come out as much fun as it was to record. It's, uh, you know, sort of a spoof kind of a thing we did. I went full-on Ron Burgundy for it. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it'll either be great, or I'm not sure if you're familiar with, there was a term called jump the shark. You familiar with that term? No, I don't think so. Okay, so so there was so Happy Days was a television series that ran, and, and it was like the number one rated show, and then they had this one episode where Fonzie jumped over a shark with a, with a motorcycle, and it was such a ridiculous scene that the <laughs> show was never the same after that and, like, eventually went off the air. So this thing's either going to be, oh, uh, you know, pretty funny, or it's going to be my jump the shark moment where you might never uh, see <laughs> each other again. So, does uh, does Fang talk? Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm at or liberty no. to uh, to discuss that, but I don't think that I have heard him talk. No, I mean, listen, he's a snake okay. with arms and legs. Because we were we were talking that. Go ahead. All right, because we were just talking about whether we should get him on the podcast, but it might be a little slow if he doesn't talk. Yeah, well, you know, there might be friend, uh, there might be a friend of Fang that uh, that might be willing to uh, come on and talk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know if Fang uh, um, can handle that, but the friend of Fang might be able to take care of him. <laughs> Have you ever? So I know Fang's obviously going to be your number one celebrity and uh, name drop that you could do. But have you have you worked with any any other big names? Any name drops that you can do? Well, you know, I had one cool experience, uh, and this is probably only a name drop within the soccer world. Um, but um, uh, Andres Cancer, I think that's the name actually. Um, he's the guy who made the goal call famous, right? The law. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, so it was uh, it was a gold. Uh, I think it was a gold cup um, that he was working, and he was in the booth next to me, and he had this uh, odd-looking, uh, like sort of coffee cup with a metal uh, straw coming out of it. Before it was like uh, you know environmentally friendly to have uh, metal straws, <laughs> and I couldn't. And so he saw me looking at it, and he actually walked into the booth and told me he was drinking mate, which is a South American um, high caffeinated uh, sort of tea. Um, and uh, just the nicest guy and, uh, and came in and, um, you know, talked with us for a while. And you're thinking, like, man, in the soccer world, like, this is the guy who made that. And, and still to this day, you know, you hear him, uh, you know, making that goal call for as yeah. long as he does. And, and that was a pretty cool moment, having the opportunity to, um, to you know, talk with him uh, a little bit. But, you know, outside of that, um, you know, not, not so much, especially in my world where, where, where I am in the booth. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty uh, pretty isolated from from the rest of the world up there. Okay, okay, okay. So I, another kind of silly one for you. How bad sure. do you want to announce Ray Gattis's first goal? Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> like, I really honestly wonder what would happen. I think I think that 
it, it actually might have to stop the game at some point. Like, you know, I'm, I'm wondering where I am up, up in that booth, if it's safe for me to even call the goal from up there, because, you know, staying in the confines of the booth uh, would be, uh, would be hard to do, but that was just a really cool thing that, uh, that kind of took off and uh, to have that t-shirt made like we did, um, uh-huh. you know, was kind of a, was kind of a special thing. And, and Ray really embraced it too. Um, I was able to get down to a training session with the guy who made the shirt and Ray was nice enough to take pictures with them. And, uh, you know, um, you just wonder, and, and there's been talk of it. If it's a, if it's four nil and, and there's a PK given, you know, I've been, I've been told from certain individuals who may or may not wear a captain's armband that, uh, <laughs> you know, there could be the opportunity, but, um, yeah, he's come close a couple times, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, but they haven't been the times he's really come close close have been on away matches. Right. You know, and I feel like that would be so heartbreaking for, for yourself if Wouldn't he scores. It? Wouldn't um, it? Yeah. Shoot, yeah, we're, we'll, we will recreate it but, at home. I mean, we'll be happy we'll for Ray, of course, on, but on, We'll play the highlight <laughs> on the scoreboard, and I'll just talk over it. Yeah. <laughs> it would be oh, cool. Oh, man, that'd be, that would be phenomenal. Um, oh, geez. Uh, you, you, were you pretty nervous or excited with the fact that, uh, so the union were not far from hosting MLS Cup, and that would be your gig, right? If, yeah. if the union were hosting, like, how exciting would that have been for you? Oh, man, I'm telling you, fellas, it was, I, I, it's in the back of your mind the whole time you're watching that match, right? And, and it's like you, you sort of, in the days leading up, you don't want to, you're, you're trying not to let yourself think about it too much, right? Because it's like, all right, you know, this might not happen. And then it's like, but it, but it might happen. And what, uh, what an amazing experience. It's going to happen. You know, we're, we're going to get there, and it's going to be, and it's going to be uh, everything that we, we uh, had hoped it was going to be. But, yeah, you're definitely watching that match and thinking, uh, come on, boys, you know, just let's just get this through and, and, uh, and get this next match. What an amazing, uh, amazing atmosphere it'll be. I mean, that atmosphere for the, for the Red Bulls match was just um, unlike anything we've ever seen. And, and to think that was just, uh, you know, the first of the playoff right, rounds. And, right. you know, you know with this, this, this town, I think, uh, will just go, Philly will just go crazy if we can get, you know, to that next level, and I think uh, I think we're close. I feel like we're going into this off season with um, with a little uh, uh, more expectation than we have in previous off seasons. Yeah, everyone we talk to kind of says the same thing. Um, a lot of questions this off season, but everyone's kind of feeling good, and I feel like it's kind of a different feeling about the whole team. And so, yeah, we'll see where yeah. next next year takes us. I guess. Um, yeah, and I, you know what? I really think uh, I think Ernst Tanner is is. Um, is the one who's instilling that belief mm-hmm. in, in the fan base right now because he's he's shown that you know some of these guys that he's brought in uh, Wagner and Shabilko you know you know they're they're they've turned out great and so he's sort of he's made the right move you know he broke the draft right and so right. Uh, he's got his he's got his own plan of how he wants to do things and so far it seemed like it's working so you know you're you're only expecting that it's going to get better in, in the years to come. Yeah, definitely. It definitely feels like we have a captain who's leading the ship in the right direction, and and it's a clear direction yeah. where he really he knows what he wants, and he's he's gonna get it. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I you also got to think that um, we're gonna we're gonna only see see uh, uh, better things from from Andre Blake uh, in, in in the in the next season and years to come too. Right? There were there were moments that I think he'd probably want to have back this season. So. You know, we know that uh, there's more to come from him too. So, 
uh, you know, that that's an exciting thing to think about, too, is the fact that, um, you know, if he continues to develop the way we expect him to, you know, uh, with that back four back there, you know, uh, there's, there's expectations. Definitely, definitely. If the union could sign one player, the Kevin Kincaid dream signing, uh, and you could go past player or present or future, um, what player would you want the union to have on for wow. you to be able to call? Yeah, I'm just gonna throw that. Yeah. One <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you my son's choice right now is we recently saw a, uh, a you know one of those one of those crazy stories on a soccer outlet that t- talked about. Uh, Sergio Aguero at some point wanting to make his move to MLS, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that's my that's my son's guy. So he every, he thinks he's coming now. He, he keeps saying every uh, every move. Hey, they signed Aguero yet? Yeah, I said, son, they're not signing Aguero, man. Don't wait for that to happen too soon, right? Um, but yeah, you know, I guess uh, past or present. Gosh, um, I, I I don't know who. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Messi's name's been banted about as far as coming to MLS some point right but you have to think miami right. it might miami. be a location for him there but you didn't put restrictions on me so if, uh, you no, no. We couldn't sign anybody right so, right yeah you know getting somebody like that and and i i think i would try and uh there's no better thing uh to listen to than uh what's his name ray hudson right when he makes his uh <laughs> oh, yeah. he makes his goal calls of messy uh you know there i would channel every single one of those of those calls yeah he ma- right? he, he makes it an art that's the way he puts he his really words does. together. Yes. No less than witchcraft from the sorcerer of football. <laughs> yeah. I think I might have used that on a uh, El Sino move uh, on Twitter at one point this year. <laughs> um, well, that, that's all from us. Um, is there anything else you'd want to say to Union fans going into this off season and before next season? Anything you'd like to let us know? No, I, I think if we just continue in the direction that we're going in, uh, and we, we've seen as a fan base what happens when that stadium's full and the electricity and the atmosphere is in there. So if we can somehow just keep that rolling, you know, I'm on board. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan too, so I'm on board with, with all of you, and I, I want to be, uh, be making as many goal calls and, and doing everything I can to bring as much energy into that building and, and sharing the excitement with, uh, with uh, the fan base as well. So it's, it's been a special ride. I've been privileged enough to have the opportunity to be given the opportunity to, to jump on board, and I'm just uh, trying to make the most of it and um, just trying to enjoy the ride. So um, be ready for a lot of excitement, I think, in 2020. There's some big things coming. That's awesome, Kev. I mean, it's been it's been fun talking to you. I might uh, ask you to do something um, after the interview uh, for us, okay. if, if you're up for it, if you're able to stay on the line for a second. Um, but yeah, I know all of our list, listeners appreciate hearing your stories and stuff. And one of my favorite things is just knowing that the man calling the game is not only a soccer fan, but also a diehard Philly fan. So it's been really cool learning that about you. Yeah, it's right. Five for five, fellas. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We really appreciate it, Kevin. Thanks for, thanks for uh, taking some time to talk to us. All right, guys. Take care now. All right, guys. That's the Doopy Brothers with Kevin Casey. Thanks for listening. Um, and, yeah, we'll hear from you again next week. Union goals scored by number 28, Ray Gattis. Goals <laughs> scored in the 75th minute. <laughs>